On today's show, NBA All-Star Weekend recap. Rising Stars upset as Victor Wimanyama is eliminated in the first round. The Pacers defending home court in the skills competition. Damian Lillard and Mac McClung go back-to-back in the three-point shootout and slam dunk contest. Sabrina versus Steph shootout and the All-Star game back to the original East-West format. It's all coming up right here at Locked on NBA. You are Locked on NBA. Your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts. I'm your Monday host, Jackson Gatlin, also host of Locked On Rockets right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen each and every day, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And whether you're listening on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym, thank you for being an everydayer and making Locked On NBA part of your day every single day. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Mavericks, Nick Angstead. You can track down wherever you listen to your podcast and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Mavericks. Still in the stadium, live in Indiana, fresh from Gainbridge Fieldhouse. You can see the background behind him, the Jumbotrons, the uh, whoever still remains on the floor from All-Star Weekend. A lot of people on the court. A lot of people still down there. You can see it in the background if you're watching along with us on YouTube. Nick, (laughs) All-Star Game 2024. East takes the win. 211-186. An All-Star Game record. 211 points scored. The previous record, 196. What was the atmosphere? What was the environment just like for this game? At the end, the atmosphere and the environment was disappointment from one Adam (laughs) Silver, which... I don't know how to take at this point. What did he? What did he want? What did he expect to happen at this point? Adam Silver hands the trophy to Giannis. He's the captain of the winning team in the East, and he goes, "Well, you definitely scored more points." <laughs> he gave him the he gave the trophy. He just heard the disappointment in his voice. Like, man, you guys did not take this seriously at all, like I had hoped you would. And yet, here we go. The rest of the vibes from everybody else that was not Adam Silver specifically, I think. People people enjoyed it and had fun here. There was booze when Dame was taking a ton of shots when they wanted it to go to Halliburton. That was kind of fun. There was a fun moment when Giannis was at the free throw line and you've got the the Milwaukee Bucks and Indiana Pacers rivalry that's kind of been going this season. They start counting his free throws because you're only supposed to take 10 seconds at the line. That's been a big thing with Giannis. And as they're counting, he starts nodding with them at the same time and then he he (laughs) totally smokes the free throw. You had fun moments where, you know, Dame hit a couple of half-court shots. Uh, Luca just completely smoked, a, like, an alley-oop to himself dunk in, in right in transition, and then he starts laughing with the rest of the East bench. There's fun things that happened, and it's one of those games where if you take it too seriously, like, you're just doing it wrong. There were, there were a lot of fun things that happened in this one. I want to give a lot of credit to the All-Star Game MVP, Damian Lillard, who was absolutely phenomenal in his first, his first career All-Star Game start. I had no idea that was even a statistic until coming into this game. The, the West, the, man. You really think about it, right? The, the number of stacked Western Conference guards that Dame has gone up against in his entire career. This was yeah. his eighth All-Star selection, his first time as a starter. Curry and Kawhi Leonard came off the bench for the West. It's like, that's an ins- that's insane to me. If you just looked at these two teams, and I said before the game, if you just looked at these two teams and if, if they both tried their hardest, had like an actual week of practice, the West wins this game by 50 points because they're just so much better than the East. And B didn't get, didn't get to play in this one because of injury. You know, Julius Randle, I guess, didn't get to play, but like, 
one to twelve, the West was just so much better than the East, and the West took it so much less seriously than than the East did. That's how it always happens. Like I remember somebody shared like the two photos of both teams. It's like if you know anything about the All Star Game, you know that the East is about to take this way more serious than the Western conferences because the West has like seven to eight future like first ballot Hall of Famers. The East has like one to three tops at this point. So like several first time All Stars. Well, and everybody in the West didn't take it that seriously except for Carl Anthony Towns. You've got to leave him in his own little category over here. Cat is, you know, the Cat he was putting on his own, He was having his own little dunk contest there at the end. He was putting up windmills and all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff at the end. As far as the fun moments from this one, though, I do want Luca had more than his own fair share of like hilarious <laughs> moments from this game. I don't know if he was like on purpose trying to be funny, but not only did he get hung on the rim. So he had the Statue of Liberty dunk. And then like the next possession later tries to lob it to himself, gets hung on the rim, doesn't even <laughs> make it back down the court. He goes straight to the corner. And on the next offensive possession, he doesn't even look like he's in the play. Like he's huddled up he wasn't. with the other bench guys. Yeah. But the best part, I think this this one takes the cake and is one of the funniest things we've ever seen happen during an all-star game. Before the half, right? He's Lucas coming up with the ball, about 30 something seconds left in the game. He heaves it from like behind half court. And <laughs> even Candace Parker on the broadcast was like, he wanted the two for one. He wanted the two for one. It's it's a it's a heads up play. He goes back <laughs> at halftime, and I guess one of those like the the Mavs, Mavs, Mavs Muse, yeah. And put it out. And Luca replied to it saying that he was going for the two for one. That was hilarious. Luca's tweet was two for one, dot 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 analytics with the <laughs> The, like sunglasses emoji and he tweeted it from halftime Luca he doesn't take this game seriously but we did add some fun moments there was also a moment and you probably didn't see on TV that was in in the timeout they had like a halftime show act come out and there was this woman that was balancing on this giant ball you know like a like a circus elephant and then they were throwing her hula hoops and she was you know spinning the hula hoops around if you've been to an NBA game you've probably seen this act Luca outside the West was huddling up in their little area by the bench and Luca with his like Warm-ups, half on, is just standing there on the baseline, stand, staring at this halftime act, just locked in for the entire time. Didn't, didn't pay any attention to his the huddle. Like, literally, they're all huddled up. They're not just, like, meandering around. They're huddled up on purpose, and Luca is just standing there watching this halftime act. And, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, it is what it is. But, okay, I'm going to flip it to you. We're talking about Luca not taking it seriously. We're talking about we're clowning Cat for taking it seriously. Does the NBA need the team, like the players, to take this seriously? Is this a thing that we need to happen? I think it would make the competition better. You know, I would look, I was, you know, in preparation for this and kind of getting ready for all-star Sunday night in the game. I was kind of revisiting some of the highlights from previous all-star games. And, and I went back to when they first introduced like the Elam ending and yeah, everything in 2020 and watching the intensity of those games where you actually do get to see the best players in the world, the best players in their sport going head to head, actually giving it their all. I don't know of a way that the NBA can incentivize these players to do that. It might just have to be a thing where you need the players who can be, who have that ultra instinct, like competitive edge to them. There's a video of Kobe Bryant talking about how downhill the all-star game had gone in, in recent years after his, after his retirement. And he spoke about the fact that for him and for other players like Chris Paul, like these guys with like these super competitive mentalities, they never yeah. took the all-star game as a joke. They went out there and they were like, no, we're going to win. We're going to win and we're going to compete in this game. So I don't know what Adam Silver and company could do, but I think after this weekend, and you said it yourself right from the jump, right? Adam Silver, very kind of, you know, depressed handing out that award. It needs a facelift. It needs to be revamped again. I like them going back to the East West format, but you got to find a way to make it more interesting. 
Yeah, I'm not going to romanticize past All Star games and be like, oh, they treated it like Game Seven. But they, you know, they at least they at least tried a little, you know, and and had, you know, there was they didn't score 200 points. I mean, good lord. But I think one of the, you know, one of the issues is, is probably leadership of players. You've got LeBron, his 20th All Star game. We just witnessed him play. That is an insane amount. He's not at the point in his career where he should be the one that has to lead the charge, but he's still the face of the league. He's hung on in that sense where he's the guy that everybody looks to and turns to. And he was trying you know, a little bit here and there, but there's not that, there's not that player with the killer instinct mentality that's going out there. And it's just a maniac that has to win everything. You know, Luca in a game like this, in a game that matters, Luca will have that, but he doesn't have it in a game that doesn't necessarily matter. He'd rather just throw up the three-fourths court, you know, shots and and try <laughs> things like that. Jokic is not that kind of guy. Uh, Giannis, I guess, can can be a little. You know, Dame was just throwing up a bunch of threes. It's, it just is. I think. So, but one of the issues is this is the first big NBA event after the NFL season ends, and the NBA really wants this to be this. All right. This is what basketball is, is, you know, this is the pinnacle of it. And so I think it's a that's chance why the for NBA, casual fans to tune in and get an experience. With the, yeah. And I think that's why Adam Silver has put a big emphasis on it and wanted it to be something. And yet here we are with, you know, the, at least the diehard NBA fans complaining about it every single year. What can the NBA ultimately do to improve the All-Star game, to improve All-Star weekend? Give us your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But for all of Luka Doncic's future exploits, including any uh, ill-advised two-for-one opportunities, even if they are backed by analytics, you'll have us covered for all of that and so much more over at Locked On Mavs. Nick, thanks for stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Coming up, the Pacers defend home court in the skills competition. Damian Lillard and Mac McClung go back-to-back -back in the three-point shootout and slam dunk contest. Plus, Sabrina Ionescu versus Steph Curry in a first-time-ever shootout across the NBA and WNBA landscape. It's all coming up right here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Grammarly. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is absolutely key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. And Grammarly can help you with that. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Grammarly works across 500,000 different apps and websites by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Monday. Some exciting news is Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every single league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Pacers, Tony East. You can track down wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Pacers. The Pacers cleaning up at All-Star <laughs> Weekend. They've got the home court advantage all over the place, apparently. And our boots on the ground, man, are right there right now, experiencing everything that is All-Star Weekend. Tony East. Tony, let's start right there. How is it? How's the experience been, man? 
It's really cool. First time it's been here for 39 years, which feels like in a league with 30 teams should be maybe slightly more frequent than that. But hey, I don't want to judge, obviously being selfish because it's just a drive down the road for me. But yeah, it's been outside of the three inches of snow that uh, Indianapolis got on, on, on Friday. It's been really cool to be able to see it all be here, to have the center of the NBA be here. Like every room you go in, there's someone important, someone famous, some legendary player. And of course, the all-star events themselves, which yes, uh, turns out on-court NBA chemistry translates to all-star events. So quite the weekend for Indianapolis and the Pacers. Who would have thought, man? Pacers are doing a great <laughs> job so far at All-Star Weekend. I got to know, though, what's the experience like with the LED court? Because I seeing it on TV, it looks really cool. I'm curious how it feels in person. It was cool, too, because you know some NBA arenas do this. So I'm sure you've seen it, Jackson, but like the theater lighting, right, where it's like black around it mm-hmm. more. It's like feels darker. So when it, this, the court is so bright like that, it looked really cool. It's cool that they can like make it all dynamic and changing during an event like that, you know, as they were able to do so many times. And I thought it was really sweet, like very innovative idea, really cool way to do all that. Like I really, like the best iteration of what they did to me was during the very first round of the skills challenge where they had the path that the guys had to take on the floor. Right. And it had like the speed of previous teams and stuff. That was cool. They were able to change it really fast. Right. Like I saw it on the media preview Thursday and the color of the floor was changing immediately, right? So they could just make it look how they wanted. I kind of wanted them to lean into really silly and like be playing on a music video or something just comical under it. But yeah, it's just glass with with uh, with screens under it. I thought it was really cool. It looked really nice in person too. I think maybe bright green starry is distracting for uh, some three <laughs> some three point shooters. But outside of that, yeah, it, it, I was worried about maybe if it would look bad on TV. I would, didn't watch it on TV, obviously, but. I think it turned out great. I think everybody really liked it. It was a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it looked great on TV, all except for there were you know some small hiccups, right? Where like Jalen Brown, when he was setting up a couple of his dunks, like they had like the stars kind of following him around on the court, and it was just like this like glob of like LED stars <laughs> because it's supposed you to, have be to move a trail. fast. Yeah, you're yeah, supposed to be yeah. moving on the court, but when you're just kind of standing there, it's just like these stars keep populating underneath them, and you're like, what, what's what's even going on here? But look. Pacers have have cleaned up so far. They won the skills competition. Bennett Matherin was the MVP of the Rising Stars game. Uh, are you shocked at all at, at 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 how well they've kind of performed so far through All Star Weekend? Not really. I mean, it, they have so much convenience, right? Like all these other players have to fly in. They're sleeping in a hotel. And like, yeah. And Matherin's like told us he's like, yeah, I walk two blocks <laughs> and I'm home, right? Like. Tyrese Halliburton just probably wakes up, comes down here, does 3,000 events and goes home. Like they don't have to travel. They have such an advantage. They have such that familiarity. So, you know, in Gamebridge, for example, with Matherin, it's so close. Same with Oscar Sheway. And once Matherin gets motivated, as those who saw with Jaden Ivey and many other things, man, can he get going quickly? And, you know, they it didn't really matter because you're not doing anything together per se, but they had the chemistry for the, uh, the skills challenge. That's what their joke was. But like... If, no, there's no advantage. <laughs> to hey, you know what? I will say, I think the chemistry played a little bit of a part because when you saw the final round, right, when they were when they were going for the half court shot, like it very clearly the Pacers like had it like they were. They That's were, true. They looked good together. They understood, hey, you're going first. Hey, we're we're lining up behind each other. Whereas uh, the the all stars team with Trey Young, Scotty Barnes, and Tyrese Maxey, they they looked a little all over the place. Like poor Scotty was like shooting behind the barrel where he was getting <laughs> the ball from, like all all out of position, off center from the from the backboard, like. It was not a great look for him. Now, well, ironically, the one where you need chemistry, the one where you're shooting the threes and there's a rebounder and there's a passer, 
that was the only one they lost. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's the- fair. You know what? That's, that, is, that is a fair point. That is a fair point. But they crushed it in the other areas, and that's they all did. that matters for them to walk away with the hardware. Now, an area where a pacer did not walk away with the hardware was the three-point competition. Tyrese Halliburton, unfortunately, not making it to the final round. We had a four-way tie, Tony. That four-way tie <laughs> was crazy. 26s down the line for Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns, Tyrese Halliburton. And then we saw like the tiebreaker round, which at that point I thought it was kind of silly. I was like, couldn't the NBA just mandate this and just do like a, just, just throw like Tyrese or whoever into the final round because the final round was going to be three people anyways. Yeah. People were saying like, just use all four. It'll be shorter. I'm like, well, the league wants it to be, yeah. to be longer. Yeah. They want it. They want more yeah, advertisers. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the stories on the floor for longer. Right. So they, that tiebreaker made sense, even though it's the same contest, just shorter. Right. And, I don't know what it was, but you know, this is the second straight year where Halliburton's first round is awesome. He made the finals last year with Buddy Hield and Dame, and then he did not do well. He lost <laughs> in the final round. So he said he didn't want to get cold feet this year. Well, guess what? That's exactly what happened, right? Tiebreaker round. He was definitely <laughs> by far the worst in that in that thirty second span. So. And- Dame now the back-to-back three-point competition winner. Mm-hmm. And it, it it actually looked like we were headed for yet another, which I, I'm looking now back at the scores. I could have sworn Cat had a 24 and Trey both had 24s, but I think they might have taken one off, one or two points off of Cat, actually, for the uh, for the stepping on the line little, little trick that he did. Yeah, but it okay, looked like okay. we might have been headed Hold for on. another tie. Cat in the three-point, the, the two-handed passing, of Scotty Barnes in the skills challenge, cheating. Pacers also cheated. Let's be real. The NBA is not not heavily enforcing these. Like, you can see the official like at the three point line pointing at Cat's feet, like, "Hey, you're, hey, back up!" And he's just just Cat paying him no mind. A lot of all-star cheating. I did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Well, hey, Dame walks away the winner here. But I think one of the events that everybody was really excited about was the three point shootout between uh, Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry. And that actually lived up to the hype. Watching two of the greatest yeah. shooters of of all time ever go against each other in a head-to-head, that was actually a ton of fun. What was it like witnessing that one in person? It was the two best shooters in the gym, right? Like, yeah. The, the best, Sabrina tied the best score of the night until Steph went. My theory going into it was whoever goes second is going to win. Because when you have a target score, it's just kind of easier, mm. I think. To, you know, I mean, Unless you do like awful right at the start. But it was awesome. I mean, they... First of all, just like a seminal moment for the sport, obviously, right? To have something like that and to have it be so epic, right? Like Tim Reynolds of the AP was in the press conference after and he said, I think he said it perfectly. Like if it was, if the final score of that was 21 to 18, it would have been cool, but it would, you know, eh, you know what? They just shot it okay. Instead, it was 29, 26 and they were like two of the best shooters in the gym and like showed off the skill and just a, a massive moment in, in all of All-Star Weekend. And they alluded to potentially adding people to it next year. So maybe like Clay or Caitlin Clark or something could be involved. Or they could do like Tyrese and Caitlin Clark as the indie team. And then like Steph and Sabrina as a different, I don't know. There's a lot I of ways. Would love to, I would love to see somebody do it. You could do so many different It's in the Bay. Right? Like, have, like, have like it a was relay awesome. race with two shooters, right? Like you bring them in. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and again, at the, at the end of the day, right, it, undisputed, Steph, you know, Sabrina, the goat shooters. So you've got yes. to have somebody who's on their caliber. So what could be an interesting wrinkle is then you have like whoever the, the winner is of the three point competition. Then oh, that's a good thrown idea. in thrown to the wolves where then you've got to compete against Steph and Sabrina, or maybe you have yeah. last year's three point winner come in. So maybe next year it'd be, you know, Dame, Steph, Sabrina, they do a little three way, uh, three point competition after the actual competition. It's, it's a ton of fun, but 
the mainstay or what used to be kind of the mainstay event of Saturday night. I feel like the three point competition has kind of taken it over now. A bit of a bummer again with the dunk contest, man. Like it's just, I don't know what the NBA could do or could change. We had a, a name player, Jalen Brown, the biggest name that's been in the dunk contest in years. And he participated and it kind of felt like he got some like recognition from the judges just because he was the only guy that was like a big, a quote unquote big name in the competition with the judges. I don't know. I don't know what the judges were smoking, man. Their scoring on the dunk contest was not great. A lot of booing. <laughs> Jalen Brown scores in that arena. I don't know how much did that come through on the broadcast really it well. Did, it no, was, it did. Yeah. every time the judges <laughs> raised their cards, everybody you could hear it. <laughs> I thought Jacob Toppin was one of the best two dunkers in the first round, but then it would have been a two-way guy and a Julie guy in the final. So there's something to that as well. And that, uh, that's yeah. kind of the heart of the problem, right? Is just that you can't get the big name NBA players to commit to doing it anymore. Yeah. So okay, two lots of takes, <laughs> I guess. Um one is, I've told people this all weekend, I think in terms of the All-Star Saturday Night events, the three-point contest has the highest floor, right? It's always going to be fun. And then the dunk contest can be the best event, but it's often not. And I think for me personally, the difference is the three-point contest is objective. This is the score to win or to advance. It's like very obvious what the skill they have to do is and accomplish. And the dunk contest is just like opinion nonsense you know what i mean like people are booing who made the finals not because he didn't dunk he dunked they didn't think it was as cool right and so you could incorporate a fan element but that could always go wrong too so that's why i think it is so hard is for it to truly be like epic now they're gonna they're gonna have to do it like american idol where they they say you know okay take out your phones now text five 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 four 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 one and text dunk to this number if you want jalen brown to win the contest like there and you the, go and the, the championship of the dunk contest clay aiken ruben stuttered and uh and jalen brown is the final three right <laughs> yeah that maybe would be something it's just that's why i think it's harder is if it's not clearly an awesome dunk then all of a sudden they're scoring and it's like and you know, like there's a limit to what you can do, but if you get creative, you're going to miss and that's no fun. I will and say so, Ma- Mac McClung's dunks were pretty awesome. It's just, Oh I yeah. Some he, the of the right novelty, I think some of the novelty kind of wore off just a little bit to where it was still impressive, but it wasn't nearly as, as flashy or as impressive as it felt last year when he won the dunk contest for the first time. Him dropping the ball, that first one, that sounds like I'm saying drop the ball. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he messed up, but no, like the action he did was very cool. Copying Jaime Hawkes jumping over Shaq would have been lame, except Hawkes didn't actually make it over Shaq, and Mac McClung actually did clear yeah. clear him. I have a gripe. Yeah. Can I give you a dunk contest gripe? Absolutely. That's okay. what this is for. Ju- jumping over Shaq is cool, even if he's not wearing your high school jersey. Stop it with the jersey. <laughs> the, the props and the and the, yeah. you know, trying to figure out all the little things. And he's I think still, that was the issue with the panel huge. of judges. Like he was like the, like they there was a little bit too much like I guess like showmanship, showboaty, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the, the perfect dunk contest is a mix of those, right? Where you have a it little is. bit of the showmanship, you have the actual powerful, awesome, cool dunks, and that's why I think we're never gonna get we're never gonna get back to what like was you know Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine. Like those were some insane. Contests. Contests. They and they have like mastered this. You know, the best dunks to me, if you're going to do something that's been done before, it's like the perfect amount of power combined with the timing of like right when you're going down from your apex, you you throw it in. So if you like barely miss it, it just looks kind of awkward or it's not, it doesn't feel the same. And they're both so good at that, right? Like unbelievable at it. And so that like every standard between the legs dunk, just from either of them, you're like, whoa, you know, and that's why they can get away with not being creative. Whereas Everybody else, sans maybe Mac McClung, has to do something you've never seen before or put on a put on a glove. Like what? What are we doing? You know, so it's just tricky. 
You know, it's disappointing that from a content perspective, we've got so many locked on hosts in Indiana for All-Star Weekend and you guys didn't come together and put your brains together and like buy like a Nerf hoop and do your own <laughs> it, like a locked on dunk contest. Who is That's that for? Missed, complete missed opportunity there. But <laughs> for all of your coverage, your boots on the ground feel for everything going on, you're going to have us covered over at Locked On Pacers. Tony, thanks for stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Yep. Thanks for having me, Jackson. Coming up, NBA Rising Stars, a game, an upset as Victor Wiminyama eliminated in the very first round. Benedict Matherin coming away as the Rising Stars game MVP for a pair of impressive performances. Plus, what improvements could be made to NBA All-Star Weekend? How would you feel about adding a one-on-one -on -one competition to All-Star Weekend? We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the very next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of having to connect your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen right there at your fingertips. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. But hey, maybe you want a little bit more space, right? The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has room for up to eight and expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing. When adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Monday. Be sure to stay tuned in throughout the week right here at Locked On NBA as we have it covered for all the content over the All-Star break with our amazing rotating panel of hosts, including Matt Moore and David Ramil on Tuesdays, John Corrales and Jake Madison on Wednesdays, Nick Angstad and Pat the Designer on Thursdays, and Wes Goldberg and Adam Mares on Fridays. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Pelicans, Jake Madison, who you can track down wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Pelicans. And Jake, NBA Rising Stars is always the event that kicks off NBA All-Star Weekend. We get a good look at a lot of the young talent around the NBA landscape. Now, what I don't think a lot of people were expecting was the team that had Victor Wimanyama to be eliminated in the first round by the G League team, no less. That was probably maybe the most, up, most surprising shock of All-Star Weekend, quite possibly. Yeah, look, the, the G League Ignite even is like bad this year, right? Like there's like six and 31. There's talk of maybe they get rid of it and then they come out and beat like NBA players, right? So like that was actually kind of shocking, but I love the new format for the Rising Stars game. It's a lot of fun. You get to see some of the up and coming talent out there and shows you just like how good of a spot the league is in, I think. And honestly, watching the, the team that ultimately went on to win it all, Team Jalen, they got off to a bit of a slow start too before Benedict Mather and Jaden Ivy, they had a little bit of a kind of a, a back and forth, some words going back. It got it got a little chippy, a chippier than I ever remember the Rising Stars game getting in, in previous years. It's funny, right? Like I've, I've gone to this a couple of times, actually. Like if you're ever in town for an all-star weekend, like tickets to this are usually cheap and you can go and it's a lot of fun because players take it really seriously. Like they want to go at one another and kind of prove that they're better than these other folks, right? Like egos in the NBA are big and very much a real thing. So they take it way more seriously than like the actual all-star game, which means I think you're just getting better basketball. And so it's a lot of fun. Like it maybe sets the seeds for like future rivalries, I think. 
think, right? You talk a little bit of trash during the Rising Stars game. You see each other in the postseason or towards the stretch run of the regular season. Those guys are going to have a little bit of an edge to them. And anything that makes the games more enjoyable to watch, I'm all for Absolutely. And, you know, you, these these players, they don't become the best players in the world because they're, you know, jolly, happy, friendly. No, they've got a competitive edge to them, right? All these guys are inherent competitors. They want to go out there and win at the highest level. And that's exactly what this is. And I also really love the format of the target score. I think that adds so much juice to the environment to where, you know, if you were just playing and, got, you know, running clock through three, four quarters of a basketball game, or even if they, you know, cut it down to like a half of basketball or something in the Rising Stars game, it's just not as fun as having that that target score. And then as soon as one team starts to get a little too close to that target score, you see both teams kind of wake up and lock in like, oh, we got to really start playing basketball now. What I love about that, especially in this format, right, is like you're always going to kind of have a dramatic moment. You, you're always going to have a game winner. You've got to hit a target score. It means they will guarantee it might be a free throw, but there is guaranteed to be yeah, the, a the free game. throws tend to be a little anticlimactic, but still yeah, a little <laughs> bit. But there's always like a game winner. Right. And now that player kind of gets to put that on their resume. It's not that they just scored the final basket and then time ran out and you don't think of it. Every shot's kind of heightened. You know, could they win it on this possession? Could they win it on the next one? Is it a three? Is it a two? What's it look like? It's a memorable moment. And I think that's kind of what you're looking for here when it comes to All-Star Weekend. You want these guys to kind of stand out. And I think that's what's so fun about this. And speaking of the memorable moments, honestly, even though the, the G League team didn't go on to win it all, the way that Alondis Williams was straight up just attacking Victor Wimanyama, zero fear, like took it straight to his chest on one drive, finished over the top of him. The only three-pointer that he hit in, in, in that game, the, the one of six shooting that he had in the first uh, meet up against Wimby and team or team pow. I apologize. It happened over Wimby. He shot and, and drained like a rainbow moon ball three over women. Yama. And I was sitting here thinking, man, Alondis Williams really saw Victor and was like, Oh, I've got no fear. I'm going straight at this guy. You love it, right? Like those are the moments we want, right? Like for him, that's like a big deal. There were more eyes on this than there ever would have been otherwise because of a guy like Victor Wembenyama and some of the other players out there. So this is exactly what you're looking for. Look, All-Star Weekend's lacking a little bit of juice, right? You've got to kind of pump it up and build it up wherever you can get it. Or I don't know, maybe add some things into it here. And like, that's what you got to do. So anything you get like that, I think helps the sort of weekend. Speaking of adding things into it, uh, after the Rising Stars game concluded, uh, the OKC duo, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, they were at the podium being asked questions about All-Star Weekend, what the experience is like and everything. And uh, Chet Holmgren was, when they they were specifically asked about anything that they would change about All-Star Weekend. And Chet Holmgren, you know, being the jokester that he is, uh, said that they should change the dunk contest to be the four highest verticals in the NBA so that he would be safe and not have to participate. Jake, I don't even know who the four highest verticals would be in the NBA off the top of my head right now. Like, I mean... I got no idea. I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think if we could cobble together like what would be the dunk contest in this uh, like, I mean, Jalen Green might be in there as as far as just a straight leaper. Um... Yeah, I'm still not going to watch it if you're just taking it off of that, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's kind of the right. problem that's, here. That's, that's not, not actually great. doing what we want it to be yeah, here. That, cool, they jump high. Like, that's great. Maybe that's not quite as a as a productive suggestion here, <laughs> but uh, his teammate Jalen Williams actually did have what I thought was a really interesting idea, and that is adding a one-on-one tournament 
to All-Star Weekend. Could you imagine that on like All-Star Saturday? Or maybe you spice it up. Maybe you put the one-on-one tournament like on like Friday evening before the Rising Stars game or right after it or something kind of space out the fun activities from All-Star Weekend. But I mean, a one-on-one tournament of some of the NBA's best players, if you could get some of the actual like upper echelon type stars to come out and just have a fun little one-on-one tournament, put some charity in there, you know, have have the donations go to a, you know, a charity that the NBA picks, something like that. I think that could have a lot of juice behind it. It could. I would watch that. I'd watch that with any players out there. And again, I do think NBA All-Star Weekend is kind of lacking in a sense because you need that star talent out there. Even if you don't get the star players, right? Like there's so much bragging rights on the line for this. If you make there be a strong financial incentive, I think you can get some big name players to get in there. And look, we just talked about it, right? Like these guys have egos. They want to prove they're better than others, right? Like, can you see Anthony Edwards trying to like murder everybody in a one-on-one tournament to prove that he's the best like those kind of guys that are just hyper competitive and even if no one really jumps into it in the first year someone's gonna win that and essentially get the belt right the top one-on-one guy in the nba and that's gonna make other players want to get in there i love this idea right i would do this with as many people as you could i think you could get top names in there eventually i think they'd all be a little bit scared right sometimes those egos are fragile it's why we don't see guys in the dunk contest because they're scared of losing it and what it does to the brand and all of that but you'd see some really Real good action there. They would play defense in this. It would be a lot of fun, I think. And I mean, at the end of the day, right, being able to have that bragging right to, to you know, lord amongst your peers for the next, you know, year until the next one rolls around, that would be a ton of fun. But maybe, look, All-Star Weekend, it needs some some facelifting. It needs some improvements. It needs some extra pizzazz, some additions. They've made some tweaks here and there, and it has been some, you know, a lot more fun. We had the uh, Sabrina versus Steph. In Love this most that. One. That was a, a cool, hopefully not a one-off experience, but definitely something to hopefully build more of and continue to kind of add some excitement to All-Star Weekend. But for your own analysis and breakdown and thoughts on what took place at All-Star Weekend, as well as everything to do with the New Orleans Pelicans, you all have covered over at Locked On Pels. Jake, thanks for stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Of course. Thanks for having me on, man. That's going to do it for another Monday edition of Locked On NBA. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked On NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts.